0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to talk to you on some of the message that I had prepared for you tonight. Not all of it, but some of it. Then we're going to get right back into where we left off, I believe. Is everybody ready to do that? We're going to talk for just a few minutes, then we're going to get right back to where we were. 1 John 5 and 4 states, "...for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And that is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith." Tonight, with the help of the Lord, for a few moments, we're going to be talking about fighting for even. Fighting for even. Hallelujah. Bow your head right now. God, I pray you would anoint this moment. God, I pray you would anoint this moment. God, I pray you would let our hearts and our minds be prepared for your word. Let our hearts be ready to receive it, God. In this moment that you're coming down, let us be ready to move into your presence right now, God, to hear your word. Oh, God. Lord, right now, I pray you'd anoint my heart, my mind, and my lips that I would speak what words you need, God. And only that, Lord, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint this atmosphere, anoint this moment, God, for your glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, we're gonna talk about fighting for even, and I'm gonna give us, we're gonna get rather, a call to action. A call to action tonight. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone tonight? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and ask him just that? Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Fighting for even is a mentality that has come up in the church today, a mentality that tells us we just need to fight for even, that if we start the day, uh, that we start and end the day in the same spiritual condition that we're doing okay. If we start and end the day in exactly the same predicament, the same situation, the same, if you will, that, that we're okay. We're just fighting for even. We're keeping our head above water. We're just fighting to stay the same. This mentality tonight, we're going to have a call to action against that. In this particular circumstance, we don't spend our time fighting to advance the kingdom. We spend our time fighting to stay above water. Often this leads to us fighting our own battles. Going into battle saying, if I can handle this thing, I should just leave God alone. A principle I'd like to talk about for just a moment It's a mathematical theory of situation. It's called a zero sum game. Now, in this zero sum game, specifically, it means there is one winner and there is one loser. For instance, if Pastor Timothy and I were playing a one on one game of basketball, that means there is one winner, there is one loser. If I win, he loses. And more normally, how it happens, if he wins, I lose. This is a zero, this is what's called a sum game. A non-zero sum game is a situation where a winner doesn't necessarily mean there is a loser. Where one person wins doesn't mean the other person's loss. One person's loss doesn't mean the other person's win. In a non-zero sum game, all parties could win, all parties could lose. I could win a little bit, you could lose a little bit, or vice versa. We equate our relationship with God on this fact that if we don't lose, we win. That if we go through each and every day walking, if we don't walk in outright disobedience, if we don't walk headfirst into sin, then we win. If we maintain this stagnant situation that we're in spiritually, then we're still doing okay. However, it's more complex than that. In this instance, apathy in your prayer life is just as dangerous as violence and murder. Activities and hobbies that keep you out of church are just as damaging as a heart full of bitterness. Disobedience to your pastor, no matter how small, inconvenience or, or inconvenient, or menial, is just as destructive as a heart full of lust. We equate our spiritual walks with God as such a simple win-lose game. That if we don't lose, if we maintain, if we just keep the status quo, then we're okay. We win. We're exhibiting this victorious life. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Are you ready to start living victoriously and to stop fighting for even, to stop fighting to get to the same situation, to get back to that point that you started in? We're going to reference just a couple areas in our lives and talk about how we're going to Live victoriously rather than fighting for even. In your daily life with sin and temptation, <clears throat> temptation can come in many forms and it will come to each of us in different ways. If you say that you're not tempted in the preface of this point, you're spiritually blind. You don't see what's going on around you. Right. Temptation comes to each and every one of us. It can come in the form of bitterness towards a coworker or a brother or sister in the kingdom in the form of gossiping about a situation that you have no, no business talking about. The temptation of compromise in modesty, compromise in doctrine, compromise in convenience over conviction, temptation of lust, temptation of pride, be it through insecurities or boastfulness. All these temptations will visit us on any given day or can visit us on any given day. The unfortunate reality is they will come, but there is hope. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So not only did he walk in the flesh as we all do and was tempted in every way, but was yet remained sinless. He walked through temptations and he continued in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time in need, in time of need. Help here in the original text is the word buethaya. And I probably butchered that, but it's buethaya, especially the definition says it's especially critical assistance in an emergent need, in an emergent situation, a time that has no time to wait. You need that help right now. That's when you need it, in the time of that desperate situation. And I love the definition goes on to say, is also used of the help provided by ropes. So God's telling us here, not only have I walked where you've walked, not only have I been tempted as you've been tempted and remained sinless, but I want you to call on me when you need me. I want you to call on me when that temptation comes. I don't want you to feel worthless, broken, dirty in my presence. I want you to come to me and I'm going to throw a rope. And I'm going to pull you back in. When you feel like you're wandering in that temptation and that sin, and you just don't know where to turn, God's saying, call to me, and I'll throw you the rope, buddy. I'll pull you right back in. I'll pull you back to shore. He doesn't want us to fight our battles by ourselves. He doesn't want you to try to prove yourself or show yourself and how you can beat this situation or this temptation. Matthew 4 and 1, Then Jesus was led up in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, under the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So here we see even Jesus was tempted by the devil. We see three separate temptations that were given to Jesus. Now we're going to skip again through this. The first temptation that the devil gave Jesus. is says, if you're really who you say you are, and this is all paraphrasing. If you're really who you say you are, turn those stones into bread. Jesus responded and said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The second temptation the devil gave him was he set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you're really who you say you are, cast yourself off and the angels will catch you because that's what your word says will happen. And the third, and then he responds, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Lastly, the devil comes to him and brings him to an exceeding high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all the glory and all the splendor of all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, I'll give you all this if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus responded, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only him shalt thou serve. In every temptation, Jesus answered with the word. He didn't argue with the temptation. He didn't argue with the tempter. He didn't try to justify his position. He just said, here's a crooked stick. I'm laying a straight one next to it, as Elder Brother Gil used to say. When temptation comes to you, don't lay down and hope for the storm to pass. Don't put your head down between your legs and say, I hope this goes past. I hope this goes by. I want you to lay the word next to it. Don't settle for limping through and barely making it through this trial, this temptation. Make it through victorious. I've talked about on Tuesday night, and I've showed you my hard hat. Now I've got scriptures written in my hard hat. So as I go throughout my day, if I struggle with feelings of weakness, I can pull that off and look and see Acts 1 and 8. But you should receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I can be walking throughout my day and just keep quoting that and keep quoting that. And then sooner or later, I feel a little stronger. <laughs> it's not about my strength. It's about the word promise unto you. So I encourage you with this temptation. Don't argue with it. Don't try to beat it by yourself. But just lay a straight stick next to it. Measure it up to the word. See what the word says about it. Mark 16 and 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach here is the word to herald, to go and to proclaim the good news. Preaching here doesn't refer to standing behind a pulpit, holding a microphone, delivering a message. To fulfill the the scripture of Mark 16 and 15, you don't ever have to stand behind a pulpit. You just have to go and herald and tell the good news. Tell somebody where God's brought you from. Tell somebody somebody what God's done for you. All too often, we miss witnessing opportunities, not because of bad timing, not because of someone's unwillingness to receive the word, not even because of the grip the enemy has on them, but because we refuse to get out of our comfort zone. We refuse to step out and do what's needed for that moment. All too often, and don't get me wrong, we should always invite people to church. Every chance you get. But I think all too often we use it as a cop-out. We want to get away from somebody. We say, yeah, come visit us at NPC sometimes. And we walk about and go about our busy day. Come visit us. We'll see you later. <laughs> That's inside of our comfort zone. That's the extent of our outreach experience many times. Now, when I say this, I include myself. I'm guilty of it exactly myself. God didn't say, go into the world and invite them to your church. He said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. Go tell them the good news. Go tell them your testimony. Go tell them where I brought you from. Tell them there's hope for you. Tell them there's hope for them and show them what God's done for you. Many times the greatest opportunities present themselves at the very wrong time. Has anybody ever had that? Somebody comes up and starts talking to you about Jesus, and you're like, I really got to go. I got something to do. I got an appointment. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. This ain't the right time. Come back on Sunday at 10 a.m. See you at MPC. And I'll tell you a transparent story. It just happened yesterday. So while I was at welding class, I have an eight-hour welding class every other Saturday for my work. To be completely transparent, this was not the perfect timing for me to witness Not the perfect time. I was going on a couple hours of sleep. It was a Saturday, and I was stuck in a welding booth for eight hours. And I was maybe a tad grouchy. It was not the time for me to witness. This just was like the perfect, not opportunity for me to talk to somebody. (laughs) Then while I'm going about my business trying to weld, this guy named Austin, he's in the booth next to me. He peeks his head in, and we just strike up conversation. And sooner or later, you guessed it, we start talking about God. But a relationship with God. And I'm, there I am. I'm just wanting to get my head down, get till 3 o'clock, and get home. I'm being completely transparent. That's how I felt. If y'all never feel like that, tell me what you do. I want to know. I just wanted to get through that day. I just wanted to get through, and God's like, hey, I got an opportunity for you. There's somebody you need to talk to. So I used the classic, hey, man, you need to come visit us at church sometime. And then I started to put my hood back down. He said, "Yeah, man, I know. I just I've got a lot of stuff going on. I I'm just mixed up in a lot of stuff right now. I just I don't know if I I just can't bring that to God." So I'm like, "All right, I'm not going to go away from this one." I said, "Hey, man, with all due respect, you don't know where I came from. You don't know what God's done for me." He said, "Oh, yeah? Like what?" And at that moment, he physically just yanked me out of my comfort zone and said, we're going to talk about this. And I think a little bit of it was God using him to be like, hey, man, wake up, wake up. This is it. This is an opportunity. Come on now. So then the conversation continued. And I said, well, I mean, uh, I just uh, I've been I've been places, you know, you know, that classic when you don't want to tell somebody, but you want them to believe you've been some places. I've been there. Yeah, let me tell you, I've been some dark places, man. you what We, we try to get out of those situations by saying yeah I've been some places but we don't want to be transparent we don't want to pull back these parts of our lives so then at that moment as soon as I said that I could see the disbelief all over his face and he pivoted to go back to his booth and I knew at that moment that was it if I didn't step in and do something out of my comfort zone that was it that was my opportunity to talk to him and it was over so I said hey man let me tell you a little bit about my testimony. I didn't open up with a Bible study. I didn't try to tell him anything about that. I just said, hey, man, let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about where I've been. And then that voice in the back of my head, my flesh is like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know where you've been. He'll look at you different now every time you see him. Tell me you ain't ever had that thought when you're trying to share your testimony with somebody. They're, they're going to look at you different. They're not going to look at you like some clean perfect little christian anymore. They're not going to look at you like you got it all together anymore. Don't tell them where you've been. Don't do it. So that was 5 minutes into our conversation when I said, "Hey man, let me tell you a little bit about my testimony." And I started to peel back these layers. These embarrassing, ashamed, regretful places that I've been. I didn't give him specifics, but I told him where I'd been. I pulled back some of these layers. And told him where I've been. And his eyes started to swell. And then you know what happened? An hour later, his eyes swelled up and got red and said, man, I really need to do something about this. There's something powerful. When you tell somebody, I've been there, and let me tell you where I've been. Let me show you where I've been. While your flesh is in the back of your mind. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. He ain't going to look at you the same. She ain't going to look at you the same. They're not going to respect you anymore. You're not a Christian anymore in their eyes. Just don't do it. Just stay quiet. Be that composed, perfect little example of a light. Don't do it anymore. Sometimes preaching the gospel calls us to pull back shameful things. It calls us to pull back those areas we wish we'd never went. To pull back these areas and tell somebody, this is where I've been, and you can make it. This is where I was. This is where God picked me out of. And you can make it. It doesn't matter where you are. You can make it. We get intimidated when we want to share our testimony. We don't want them to look at us different. We want revival to come, but we don't want to expose ourselves. We want revival to come, but we want God to bring it. We don't want to go get it. We want revival to come, but we don't want to go talk to people. I want revival to come. But how many people in this jar have I visited? How many people in this jar have I specifically called out their name and said, God, send them to me? It's always God. I pray for our prodigal list. I pray you'd do something to them. I pray you'd work on them. I pray you'd do that. I pray you'd do something with them. I pray you'd do something with them. I'm just washing my hands. God, I'm praying for that prodigal list as we get further and further and further in our hearts from those prodigals. But I want to offer a challenge. I want to call us to action. That if you want these prodigals, if you want revival, then tell God, send me one. Send me one at the wrong moment. Send me one that's going to call me to pull back some layers that I don't want to go back down. I'll talk to them. I'll tell them where I've been. I'll tell them there's hope. I'll tell them there's a name that's above every other name. I'll tell them there's a God that loves them beyond every shred of sin. I'll tell them there's a God that loves them past everything they can be. I'll tell them there's a God that made them exactly where they are. I tell them there's a God that misses them, that loves them, that needs to see them. (laughs) 2 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right and even when it's not. Keep your sense of urgency whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Welcome or unwelcome. Correct those that err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those that sin. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. I want to call us to action today. Are you guys ready to move back into a spirit of worship? Are you ready to move into action right now? I wonder if there's anybody that's got a name in here. Anybody that's put a name in here and says, I'll pray for them. More than that, I'll take time out of my inconvenient schedule and I'll talk to them. I'll tell them what God's done for me. I'll pull back these nasty layers, these roads that I've walked down, and I'll tell them there's hope for them. I'll tell them there's a way for them. I'll tell them. I'll tell them whatever you need, God. If you'd stand with me, please. And I want to call us back into action. An action against apathy. Action against a passive nature. Action against carelessness. Action against going through the motions. Yeah. I want to do things differently as we move forward in the altar. Every, it's open, the altar's open. If you want to come, come. But as you come, I want to call those that are ready to step out of their comfort zone. The ones that are tired of fighting for even. The ones that are tired of fighting those same battles. The ones that are tired of feeling like you're spinning in circles. The ones that are tired of calling for revival to come and doing not a thing about it. Is anybody ready to step out and say, God, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll say whatever you need me to say, God. Send them my way, God. I'll speak to them. God, I pray for action in soul winning. I pray for action in our prayer life. I pray for action in our bitterness. I pray for action in our temptation. God, I pray for action in these areas, oh God. God, right now I'm tired of sitting still. Lord, I pray. Oh, Jesus. God, call us to action. God, send somebody my way. God, I don't want to just give a shallow talk of how good you are. I don't want to just give a shallow talk about where you brought me from. But God, I want to peel back these layers. I don't want to be ashamed to give my testimony. I don't want to be ashamed about talking where you brought me from. God, move throughout this place right now. God, there's, there's a burden right now. There's a burden right now on each and every heart. God, I pray. I pray, God, let an action, let an action mentality to come in our hearts right now. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.